The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. I am alive and well, still feeling tired and sexy. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you get that reference. So basically what happened was last week I got the vaccine. It was my second dose of Moderna. And like I'm just so lucky and fortunate that I even got the vaccine. And I'm so happy because it feels like light at the end of the freaking tunnel. This shit took me out. Like I was not okay for 48 hours and my friend texted me in the morning being like hey Alyssa how are you feeling and I replied tired and sexy (laughs) I meant to say tired and achy but my phone autocorrected to tired and sexy so it's become like a long standing joke now with my followers we launched tired and sexy merch over the weekend so it is a vibe it is a lifestyle it's a mindset it's just a way of life. So if you're feeling tired and sexy, cop your crew neck. Um, they're online. You can get it at the link in my bio. But I'm still tired and sexy. I'm recovering. Hey, Mackenzie, what's going on? Nothing much. How's it going? <laughs> Good. I feel like I'm hyped up on life because I'm just happy to be well. I was like, I spent so many days feeling sick that I woke up on Sunday finally feeling like a normal human, and I was like the Tasmanian devil. I was like (laughs) cleaning my apartment. Yeah, I was like tearing through. I dusted. I like cleaned the stove. I was being so insane because I was so cooped up for so many days. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't expecting it to like take me out the way it did. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. And we were just talking about how we heard that it, it affects people who are healthier more mm-hmm. than it affects people that maybe like aren't are as healthy not. or like young or whatever. So now I just feel like the picture of health, honestly. Yeah. The epitome. It, and that's what I heard. And I also heard that it affects like younger women more. Oh. Like my 92 year old grandma was like, I was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> like, what? But yeah. So I got the shot on Thursday. It was my second dose. And the first dose, all I had was like a sore arm, nothing major at all. So the second dose, I got it in my right arm, which was really dumb because you like that's, that's my dominant, dominant arm. Yeah. But I had gotten the. This is like how fucking psycho I am. <laughs> I had gotten the first one in my left, so I'm like, let's balance it oh, out. You got a different arm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Just like in my head, I was like. Ugh, farther from my heart yeah, different yeah, arm yeah, like true, I don't true. know I'm so insane so I got in that's my right funny. arm which was dumb to begin with I didn't know you could choose too that's even funnier well also I was planning on just like doing my right arm for the reasons listed but then when I actually got there the way the chair was situated oh, it was just on the left it was on like she was sitting to my right so mm-hmm. that was like the arm anyway that she would have oh, done yeah 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 just the way the chair was mm-hmm. so I get it I go to bed that night I'm like completely completely fine I wake up at 4 a.m to pee which is like kind of weird for me because normally when I wake up to pee it's like 7 a.m it wakes me up not like in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and the second I stand up I'm like I am in so much pain like it it wasn't like my arm by the like injection was sore it was like I physically couldn't lift my arm like from the elbow up Mm -hmm. it felt like dead weight it was like throbbing oh my gosh so then I go to pee and then I get back in bed and at this point I couldn't get comfortable in bed because if I was laying on my back it hurt if I was laying on my side it hurt everything was hurting my freaking arm so from like four to six I didn't sleep and I set my alarm like an hour later to be like okay I gotta make up for some of the sleep and when I woke up around nine I was I couldn't get out of bed like I felt no motivation to get out of bed And part of me was like, are you just being tired and Mm -hmm. dramatic? Yeah. But then, like, as the hours went on and I, like, physically couldn't get out of bed, Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to work from home because I didn't even, like, get up for the first time until, like, 1 p.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then around 3, I got a fever. Oh, my gosh. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm actually sick. Like, this isn't in my head. (laughs) I'm not not being dramatic. This is real. Because sometimes... 
I feel like we don't, I almost don't trust my own instincts because I'm like, am I just being dramatic? True, yeah, that is true, yeah. Especially after COVID because I feel like anytime I would have a sore throat or a headache, I'm like, it's COVID, it's COVID. I'm sick, I'm dying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I got out of bed and finally um, started taking medicine and I just spent the whole weekend really like not leaving my apartment. So that's why I'm like freaking hyped up and- Mm -hmm. I just am here to say that the vaccine is major Hibley vibes. Hate it, but love it vibes. <laughs> I've shortened it to Hibley. Hibley. Um, vaccine is major Hibley vibes because it's like you you hate it so much because it takes you out, but you love it so much because it's like your sign of freedom. It's like the beacon of hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a little personal life update. I don't have like that much more that's gone on in my life other than the fact that my DMs have been blowing up from dudes and like, it's a change of pace for me because (laughs) I have an 84% female following and Barstool had posted me on their main account last week and all the men discovered me. Of course. And I'm getting so many DMs from guys. I literally had to, I brought it up in my session with my therapist because I was like, I don't trust a single one of them. Oh no, you can't. And she was like, well, like, let's dive into this. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And I basically was like, I... I'm so scarred from that guy that I was talking to on TikTok that turned out to be like a narcissist. I think I've talked talked about it on the Devin Simone Mm -hmm. episode. I was talking to this guy on TikTok. He wound up having three girlfriends in three time zones. He was a full blown narcissist, the only like male influencer that I ever entertained, even dating. And he turned out to be so insane. Mm -hmm. So now I have like this really weird stigma surrounding internet boys. Yeah. Not that the people that are DMing me are influencers at all. They all have like 300 followers. Yeah. But I have a weird stigma about meeting people in that way because I'm already not trusting their intentions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I have like this weird, this is like now me being really analytical, but Mm -hmm. then I started analyzing. I'm like, if you're DMing me, that means you've probably DMed Alex Cooper, Brianna. Yeah. All the other girls. Fran. Like Casey. Like that means you've probably DMed every single one of us and like I don't want to be the only fool to answer yeah that's true that's true and like do you know what I mean almost and then I noticed another thing that a lot of them were doing is they're dming me but they don't follow me so it's like that makes me feel even weirder about you yeah and it is I feel like barstool fans or they're the best they're so supportive yeah but they're so into barstool that yeah you don't really know they probably are just like oh I saw big cat in your video hey what's up exactly so like I entertained like one of them like we were jamming (laughs) back and forth but like I'm being a standoffish cold bitch yeah and like that's not even fair either because like then you're not even getting to know my personality because I'm just not even feeling comfortable enough to be myself yeah that's true that's true but my therapist made a good point she was like she was like sometimes someone could come at you with like weird intentions but then they also could end up being your person like you never know either way yeah so she was like just entertain it have fun (laughs) and like do your thing yeah why not and you're just messaging it's not like you have to meet him at any point I know but I just feel some type of way about I think I've reached the point in my life where like I don't even want someone to know what I do for a living like I just want you to like me for me yeah I don't want to lead with that yeah especially too because you've been in this world for so long exactly you can't really escape it at all but I think I almost used to like think it defined me where I was like I wanted to brag about my job yeah not that I would but in my head I was kind of like yeah 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 it's awesome whereas now I'm like I want you to think I do nothing. Yeah. Like, like I don't. You're like, I'm an accountant. I work in finance. Like, the most basic desk job ever. It's like, I want you to like me for me, not for what I do for work. So. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. I don't know. So, I'm just navigating this whole thing. My dating apps are still off. But now that I have so many DMs, I'm like, who needs dating apps? Right. It's like, Instagram's basically hinged at this point. (laughs) I'm still trying to get off the Raya wait list. Um, I don't know what the problem is there. So... Yeah, so that's that. Um, I also started a, well, okay, I restarted a book that I did about a year ago. It's called Calling in the One, 
And it's about finding your soulmate. And like, let me rewind because I'm not some like obsessed need to find my soulmate type of girl. But this book did more for my mental health than any book I've ever read or done in my entire life. It's basically a workbook Mm -hmm. and it's like for 60 days or like however long. And every day it gives you a new practice. So I restarted it yesterday because I never had finished it. I did like half of it. I got so much self-fulfillment out of this book, but then I stopped and I feel like I've been a little like detached from my spirituality lately. And I kind of wanted to get back into like journaling and manifesting. And this book like taught me how to manifest. So yeah, it's really cool. So Again, it's called Calling in the One. It's a workbook and it's for like finding your person. But I personally think you get so much more out of it than just like dating advice because it is therapy in a book. Like, you don't even have to pay a therapist if you're doing this book because it's insane. So, like, the first practice yesterday was like you read a chapter and then it gives you a prompt. So, some of the prompts are like really intense and then some of them are easy. Like, yesterday's was just kind of like, a um, affirmation type of thing and then some of them will be like take a piece of paper and write a letter to your ex and then burn it oh my god like it's (laughs) so intense and then or it'll be like write a letter to yourself as a child and tell her what you like wished her life would turn out like it's like this really intense shit that I cry every chapter because it's deep Mm -hmm. or it's like draw a picture of like what you think you look like to others and then what you think you look like to yourself. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. intense. Guys, it is so intense. And if anyone wants to do it with me, you could just order it on Amazon. I don't recommend getting the Kindle version. It's like good to have the physical copy Mm -hmm. and then you get a notebook and your notebook is where you actually like journal and go through the process. And I'm just feeling like I wanted to be like attached to manifesting and journaling. And I wanted to get back into self-care since I feel like I lost a lot of that this winter. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that now to get back into it. And like, I already feel better. Yeah. Just making that step. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's my personal life update. If you guys are tuning in for the Katie Maloney interview and you have no idea who I am, you're probably so confused about this entire intro and like these tangents. (laughs) Yeah. They're probably like, who is this chick? And like, (laughs) what is her vibe? Um, But hi, welcome to the Tea Tribe. Um, I have these self-care tumblers, the one that I've been teasing on camera for the past few weeks. It is launching on Tuesday so when this episode drops the tumblers will be launched so join me join the self-care club these tumblers are amazing you'll definitely want it for summer because it keeps your beverage warm hot whatever warm or hot that's the same thing cold or hot (laughs) whatever you need it to be um okay let's get into the interview with Katie Maloney I am a huge Vanderpump Rules fan and it was so great speaking with her about body image, mental health, dating, all of the things. And then as always, I will wrap up with the spill the tea segment. And I have a lot of pop culture opinions this week. So I will see you at the end of the episode again. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. Hey, Katie. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. It's um, I feel like this was a long time coming because we have a mutual friend um, Courtney Berman. Right. Yeah. I so I was, I know I was like, I need to get her on. And I was really, um, inspired by your podcast because we actually had a mutual guest on, um, who's Remy Badar. She came on mine and I know she was on yours. Oh yeah. I, I found her on TikTok, and I was like, Oh my God, I want to be her friend. <laughs> I want to talk to her. She just is like hilarious and just, just like a breath of fresh air. Totally. I know. I feel like that's what I've been trying to kind of do with the podcast. It's like have on people that I feel like, like obviously you're huge because you're a huge reality star. So you're on the larger end of that spectrum. But I'm like more about having on people I like versus having on people that are going to like get me downloads because I care about the conversations I'm having and I want them to be like super authentic and real. And I feel like you're kind of doing that too with your podcast like you're talking about similar um, topics that I talk about here yeah I mean I want to I mean yeah I guess it's talking about things that matter to me and 
you know, even, you know, it also boils down to consuming the kind of content I want to see on social media and not looking at things that make me feel bad, but looking at stuff that inspires me or motivates me and, you know, bringing that into, you know, the podcast space, conversations that are going to, you know, um, uplift people or relatable conversations or uh, inspiring conversations with people who have been through things that other people have been through. Maybe they don't talk about it often, but a bright spot in the day, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> I try to look at it too from my angle. It's like, what would I want to listen to? Right. And for yeah. me, it's I. I'm like you. I feel like you love pop culture. I'm the same way. I love to consume pop culture. I'm all about it. But lately I've been feeling like it's just been so heavy. Like even The Bachelor has been so heavy. Everything surrounding it. The media has just been so much that I'm like, I just want to put on a podcast and listen to girls chat and people that are going through real life shit versus like, I don't know. I also think the pandemic kind of did that for me. It like changed my perspective a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot, you know, there's been a lot of what I call recreational outrage, you know, um, you know, people will get hooked on certain stories, like little scandals that'll come out, but then they'll become really hyper focused and want to really pick it apart to the point where it's not even fun anymore. We're not just consuming it. We're like becoming ravenous over it and it's not fun. You know, Um, I, I like the healthy kind of gossip and not when it becomes super toxic. <laughs> Believe it I or know. not, you would think maybe I would, but I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, that's so funny because <laughs> people probably have the perception like, oh, you're on a show. You love gossip or you love this, you love that. But I feel like you've actually really tried to, at least on the show, like I feel like I've seen you take a step back from that. And like, you know, everyone grows and um, what has this time been like for you? Because I know you guys haven't been filming um, according to like your normal schedule, how you guys with the pandemic, you would have probably gone back to filming what, six months ago, eight months ago. Um, how has the time off been? I bet it was like an adjustment. Yeah, it's been weird. Yeah, because normally we film in the summer. So we would have filmed last summer and our show would have been airing now, which is weird. Wow. I mean, it, it, it feels kind of nice to get like some time off, I guess yeah. you'd say, but it's not like the time off has been spent traveling or seeing family or spending <laughs> time. It's been time just, you know, at home <laughs> and, you know, it's been a little bleak and a little dark at times, you know, given the state of the world and just, you know, socially everything that's happening, it's just a little, uh, depressing and I don't know I mean I I go through ups and downs like everyone else does I you know I've been trying just to be like kind to myself and stay motivated and stay focused obviously having my podcast has given me something to you know be working on and fill my time with and feel like I have something you know an outlet of sorts um not being stagnant uh but I don't know I mean Tom and I try to have fun and keep things interesting I guess you could say uh but I really I mean I do miss working I miss filming I miss you know I miss all of that and what comes with it of course human interaction (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know I feel I'm kind of similar how you said in the beginning like there's ups and downs I feel like I'll go through three days of being like I'm in such a good place I'm focusing on me (laughs) I'm like working out and then the next three days I'm like I'm doing nothing. This pandemic's never ending. Like it's just such an up and down with emotions. And like what I've been being told by people is just like to allow some grace because this is a weird time. Like things are just so different right now. I know. I I hate to say the word unprecedented, but it really is. And I mean, I really am like at my core, such a homebody. I love being at home. I am a bit of an introvert. So it's like... I'm fine with everything most of the time, but not even having the option to, you know, see, see people and, and just go hang out or do the things that we want to do and feel safe and feel great about it. It kind of sucks. Like it, it does yeah. feel a little claustrophobic at times, no doubt. And also for you, I feel like all of your friends, majority of the ones from the show, I should say, cause I'm sure you have friends outside of that, but the ones that the public know of, are either pregnant or like saucy just gave birth and people like that are probably being even more cautious than just like a regular person that's not pregnant. Yeah. So it's like to even see friends is 
impossible these days. Yeah, no, that's been another thing too. It's just having like pregnant friends because they're very much more isolated. And yeah, Stassi's being a new mom. It's like, yeah. And it's like you want to be there and you want to see the babies because I have a friend that gave birth during the pandemic and I still haven't met the baby. And like in no other world would I have not met the baby by now. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I would have been there the first week and now it's been like six or seven months and it's just so heavy. I feel like things are different. Um, Thankfully for you, I feel like you're in a house now. Are you so happy with the timing of how that all played out? Oh my God. Yes. I, I know whenever I'm starting to feel like, like that claustrophobic feeling or like I'm climbing the walls, I'm just like, thank God that we do like have, you know, you try to count your blessings and take inventory yeah. of your life. And like, thank God we have all this extra room. So we're not on top of each other, or like in an apartment, you know, and we can have our backyard so we can, you know, hang out outside and it, it just, having more space to spread out a little bit. I'm really grateful for that. (laughs) I'm so jealous of that because living in New York city, it's like I moved in November and it was different because I was kind of in this like situation where I had a roommate and then I wanted to live alone. And now that I live alone, I'm like, okay, I'm living alone during the middle of this entire thing. And you don't know what's going to be better working from home with someone for a freaking year with the pandemic or living by yourself for a year by, by yourself. And um, I am really thankful that I luckily did get my own space and I like purposely chose a space that had like tons of natural light and windows because living in a shoebox in New York, I'm like, I will be depressed if I don't make my environment nice. Oh my God. I, well, I thought about so many of my friends and my heart has gone out to them who, you know, in New York, sort of the lifestyle is like, it doesn't matter like where you live because you're never at home. Like that's sort of like the thing yeah, or, exactly. or you like, you know, you have, you have a ton of roommates, but it doesn't matter because you're never at home. And now it's like been nothing but at home. And I'm just like, Oh my God, that's, that sucks so bad. That's exactly it. You just hit the nail on the head. It's like Ugh. everyone in New York is like, whatever, I'm out every night anyway. And now it's like, no, I am in a shoebox 24 seven. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, okay. So I do want to get a little deeper with you because I feel like what, what really interested me in your story was, um, specifically that accident that you had gotten in. How many years ago was that? It was um, November 2009. So it's 2000. Okay. So it's been quite a bit. Yeah. And what I thought was so interesting listening to another podcast that you were on, I can't even remember which one at this point, you were talking about how um, like the injury that you went through with your brain caused like lasting effects that you still deal with today. And I think that's really important for people to know. Um, and to understand. So could you kind of talk my listeners through um, what happened to you? Yeah. I mean, so basically how it happened, I was at a friend's apartment building. We were on the roof and I sat on a skylight, which sounds dumb, but it was a big skylight. And back then I was a lot smaller (laughs) than I am now and didn't think I would break it, but I did. And I fell about 25 feet. I don't remember the accident. Thank God for trauma amnesia. But yeah, so I fell and I broke my jaw and my collarbone and pretty much all of my ribs on the right side. And I hit my head. I had a subdural hematoma, which is bleeding of the brain in the back of my brain. And, you know, researching or finding out a little bit more of like the sort of long-term effects of brain injury, you know, started to make sense in a lot of things that it can be, you know, uh, it can affect your personality and behavioral patterns. It can change your sort of, uh, mood, (laughs) your reaction, Mm -hmm. you know, your anger, how you deal with anger. And, you know, it's, it's, so it became, it came, came really hard to sort of navigate my emotions when they become heightened and um, relate to people. When I become emotionally charged, I had a hard time understanding other people's sides of things and understanding my own feelings in, in pertaining to issues, you know, and having, you know, people understand that. And I didn't feel like myself. I didn't, I, I was somebody that was relatively even keeled and, you know, even though I was opinionated and and sassy and I always kind of had a sharp tongue, you know, it was always me. I, I 
didn't have the kind of rage in me that I was experiencing. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. That's fascinating. (laughs) I think I'm just so curious. So did you, you noticed like after the accident that you were handling situations like way differently than you would have, let's say prior to the accident? Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was over time. It was over. It's not something that I, like, it just occurred to me one day because, you know, I was so focused for six months. I had my jaw wired shut. I obviously was like feeling healing physically for a good portion of the time. And so focused on that, like, I didn't think about the emotional mental healing that was going to be taking place. Um, that, you know, sort of would come up over time. And, you know, there's, there's like PTSD and survivor's guilt that comes with it. And so it was just sort of like, it would come in like bouts, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and just sort of getting kind of finding footing in life again, and just not understanding a lot of things. And, and yeah, you just, you just start to get the sense that like, this doesn't feel like me that like, it feels like out of body almost Mm -hmm. and not connecting. No, I think that makes sense. And I also, I feel like you, and I have the worst memory because I watch the show, but I never know timeline of anything. It's like in one year and out the other. I, <laughs> I, all I know is that you didn't bring it up on the show until a few seasons in. Am I correct with that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely like talked about it, but it's like, I didn't want it to be like my like trump card or something that I yeah. always talked, you know, that was, became an excuse or anything like that, but it definitely played into a lot of the reasons why I behave the way I am or just am the way I am. Um, But yeah, it didn't really come on the show as like a topic of conversation till later, even though it was something that was known about amongst my friends, I guess the general public didn't learn about it till later on. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what I was surprised to learn. I was like, wait, wow. I can't believe this has never come up until now. So I think it was actually really smart that you didn't play it as like a poor me, which some people probably would have done because you don't have that outlook towards it. It's, I feel like it's like something that happened to you and it's something you're living with versus you're not going to get sympathy from people. But I think when you said it, it was an eye opening. It was eye opening for the public to be like, wow, she's been through this really traumatic, awful thing. Yeah, I think, you know, it's because it was something that I was still working through and learning about and unpacking um, and not, you know, fully understanding for a really long time. So to speak on it, you know, it's it's hard to do. And, you know, when I don't fully understand it to make other people understand it, you know, and being so young and faced with your own mortality is is a lot to deal with it's heavy enough for one person and wanting to kind of put that on people constantly was not something I wanted to do it. You know, my, my family went through a lot when I went through that and it was really traumatic for them. So it's something I just didn't want to bring up all the time. You know, it's heavy. Yeah, no, that's so true. And like, like little funny story about (laughs) this making me realize something in my own life. So my friend Sam and I were in Paris for Fashion Week about two years ago, oh, let's say. love Paris. I know. And we met up with this photographer that's known for taking pictures of people in the sickest locations. Like you're on top of a roof and the Eiffel Tower is behind you and it's just stunningly beautiful. So we meet this guy. He speaks French. We can hardly communicate with him. He grabs a ladder and he's like, okay, like walk up the steps. So we walk up like 10 stories of an apartment building in the middle of Paris. And when we get there, he puts the ladder up to like a, um, what's it called? Like, what did you fall through? What's it called? A skylight. Uh, skylight. He puts it up, opens the skylight and we climb out onto the roof. And because I had seen the episode where you talked about falling through my friends and I, when we got up to the roof, for like a split second she like sat on the glass of the skylight and we were up top and I because of you I was like get off I was like don't do that get off and I knew instantly like god forbid we were fine but it even taught me in that very moment like I reacted because of your story so it's (laughs) yeah it's really crazy and I I remember that moment because I was scared and also like it was so dangerous what we were doing to begin with like we were up on this little narrow roof with the guy that we didn't know it was like really crazy but 
because of you, I honestly was like smarter in that situation, I feel, than I would have been. Isn't that <laughs> I, wild? <laughs> well, yeah, because had you not known, maybe you would have done it and not thought of anything of it. I because, wouldn't have thought. Because, you know, you wouldn't think like it would break, even though it's kind of maybe seems obvious to other people. It's, it's But not. you're like, it's on a roof. It's sturdy. It's part of the structure. Yeah, exactly. So I just had to share that because it like actually was a wake up call for me, which is so funny. No, because you share stuff on TV and you're like, I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this. And something, even just like a small detail, sometimes someone takes it and they remember it and it impacts their life. So, wow. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And then, okay. So (laughs) you went through this traumatic thing. Um, I feel like on the show, we've seen you go through ups and downs and, People mistreating you and then everything with James Kennedy and weight and body image and bullying and this and that. I feel like you've had one of those storylines where it's kind of like, when's it going to (laughs) give? And when are you going to get like, you know, a chance to, I don't know how to like phrase this, but kind of like not being the one always getting like badgered for something. Um, But I feel like it's caused you to grow a lot throughout the show because you've made amends with James Kennedy and you've done these things and you've grown from all of these situations. So what's it been like for you learning from yourself on TV and then also kind of trying to like grow and adapt and constantly be changing with all this criticism? Oh, um, <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> I know it is. It is, you know, okay. It's difficult at times too, because there is a lot of criticism, you know, and it's like, I am only human. I, I'm not perfect. I fuck up constantly. I'm going to continue fucking up because I'm learning, right? And, you know, all I can do is learn from my mistakes, apologize, and try not to make them again, you know? And I don't try to be like, you know, this moral police or say that I, you know, am better than anyone or when someone's relationship is you know, faltering or whatever to sit there and say, like, listen, what you're going through, it sounds horrific. You know, when my relationship isn't perfect, that's, you know, I, I, I know where my faults are and I know that I don't have a perfect relationship, but you know, at the end of the day, I care about people and I want to be honest with people and I have to say what I mean and mean what I say and speak from my heart. So, you know, that's all I can do. And I try to just, be as authentic as possible with people, with my friends. You know, I don't want to be phony in my relationships or on the show. And, you know, those are kind of two in one, you know, you're seeing my real marriage, you're seeing my real friendships. And so I don't want to put something on or be someone I'm not. And if that means that, you know, I come across as being a bad friend or my relationship looks like it's toxic. I can't help that, you know, the public, it's the court of public opinion, if you will. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's real life. And I think if people could apply it to their own life and and realize like, okay, well, I've had that sim- similar fight with my friends, but it's not, you know, cut together with music. <laughs> you so know, true. It always kind of look. It always like looks a little bit more dramatic when there's like music and stuff like that to it. I don't know, um, but I just think it's it's a bit. It's definitely like therapeutic when you have to confront your demons or push through something that you otherwise maybe could run from. You know, yeah. that's it, it is a form of therapy when you um, are going through stuff like this on a tv show i give you guys so much credit you gotta you gotta talk you gotta talk it out and you know it's i feel like in a lot of ways i'm better for it it's you know it can be a little disturbing when i stop and think (laughs) how many people see these things but you know i at the end of the day that also helps a lot of people because it's very relatable so i don't while there's sometimes a little shame that comes with it i try not to have regrets Mm-hmm. because I, I I feel like I have come so far so I have to be thankful in a lot of ways for no, those totally. lessons <laughs> no that yeah. I think that makes complete sense I so being at Barstool I'm a little bit more um in the spotlight than I was when I was just an influencer on my own because of their network and their platform and 
it's funny because I'll get some comments and I try to put it into perspective when I'm like digesting this. Like I was actually just having this conversation with my sister this morning because she saw some negative comments about me and like she took it personal. You know, family takes things more personal than you Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I said to her, I'm like, Jackie, like put it in perspective. This is one hundredth of what people on Bravo get. People then you go up a level then people like um the kardashians then people above that i'm like there is so much out there that people deal with that choose to sign up to be in the spotlight is it warranted absolutely not but i was trying to put it in perspective for her and it's now that i've kind of taken on this role i see how much like people have opinions about everything so i always like really admire people like you who have it 10 times worse than me in terms of just public opinion and eyeballs on every little thing that you do. And I think it takes like a really strong person to be able to deal with it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, my skin has gotten very thick over the yeah. years. Um, you have to remember that whose opinions matter in your life and value those and those those are the ones that you pay attention to and um, don't place value on the ones that don't obviously. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Twitter and the comment section on Instagram are vile, horrific places at times, but you know, like there'll be like five terrible comments that were going to stand out more than all the amazing ones. And I, I hate that that's a thing because I know, you know, the support of people should matter more and, I wish I understood the psychology behind that. It's, it's, it's wild, but you know, I, I don't go looking for it anymore. Cause if you go looking for it, you're going to find it and then you're going to have a bad day. And it's like, do I want to have a bad day? No. Uh, so I just, I just try not to like read it or pay attention to it. I, you know, I, I've been really like kind of MIA from all of it lately because, you know, trying to take care of ourselves these days a little bit more than normal. Maybe that's not something I need to partaken right now I want to you know come back and join join the Instagram world again it's just like right now um what's most important is just the day-to-day of just being kind to myself and and doing things that feel good and Instagram hasn't been one of those things lately so it's just I don't know I mean it's definitely not for the faint of hearts I think a lot of people you know want you know attention like this they want to be you know Instagram famous or they want the followers and they want that and you know there's there's a price that comes with it and if you don't have the the thick skin to deal with it it's gonna be hard 100% and I always think about I always like this is so embarrassing (laughs) but I always say to myself I'm like think of Charlie D'Amelio she's freaking 16 like poor thing I know when I'm getting hate on like one like one comment I'm like this poor child who is mm-hmm. a teenager is getting hate from millions. Like, and you're right. It's like all these people on TikTok, they want the fame, they want the fame until they have it. And then these poor kids, like these Gen Zers on TikTok are vicious to one another. It's like the saddest thing to see. Oh, I'm so glad that we didn't have any of this when, because those are really like, like formidable years. You know, I, I, I didn't have, well, MySpace was a thing when I was like a senior in high school, but you know, that, I don't know what that would have been like when I was younger. Same. Oh my God. I like killed it on my space. Um, <laughs> it was like during my like Guida years. Cause I was from New Jersey. Oh, so it's like, wow. <laughs> I went through all the stages. I was like emo in middle school. And then I was like Guido in high school, which is like so embarrassing, but like, that's what it was. Like we wore like the BB sport and I had the MySpace. It was like amazing. <sighs> Um, so I do this segment called Ask Alyssa, and I'd love if you could help me give some advice if you're open to it. Sure. Yeah. I got I got really good ones that I'm like, oh, I think Katie will be really good with these. So <laughs> I'll start with the first one. Um, someone wrote in saying, I went on a date with an older guy. He's 50. I'm 27. Long story short, we've been seeing each other since for about five months. The problem is... I have no idea where it's going. He's going through a divorce, hasn't let me meet his kid until the divorce is finalized, that is. We've been on a few vacations. We hang out all the time. I really like him, maybe even love him. Do I dare ask what we are doing? We have no title. My friends and family don't know about him. 
Am I wasting my time? Please help. Oh, I know. I kind of feel like I have opinions on this. I mean, okay. Well, all right. So he he hasn't let them meet the kid. Is he for sure going through a divorce? I mean, that's, I don't want to like put that out there, but they go on vacations. I mean, I I just need a little more information. Like, I know I emailed her back and I was like, (laughs) I was like, I said the same thing. I was like, do you want your own kids? First of all, because I need to know because he's 50, you know, and she's 27 and 50 men have children at 50 all the time. But if she wants kids and he doesn't want any more, then you're in a situation where that's probably not your person. And then also I, I was the one that asked her, do your friends and family know about him? And she said, no. Okay. So my gut, and like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but my gut is it's probably not your forever person. If, if he doesn't seem like he's in that spot where he's ready to seriously date her. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, it sounds like, you know, he had a marriage, he had a kid, you're young, fun, maybe there's like a midlife crisis situation <laughs> happening. And that's not to say that you're not worth it, you know, but there's probably someone else out there that's a little more on, you know, your page with things. Yeah, better suited. I don't know. I, I And also like, there's a lot of baggage with that. There's an ex-wife, there's a kid. He's, he's lived a lifetime and has, you know, a lifetime experience too, that you might just find that there's going to be a lot of disconnect. I 100% agree with everything you're saying. I also think you have to think about your parents and your family. Like, does he fit into your family? Could you see him at holidays with you? Or like it kind of sounds, and it's not even the age thing that's tripping me up that much because she's almost 30 and he's 50. I take more umbrage with it when it's like Scott Disick, when it's like 40 and 19, because that to me is different life stages. Yes. Like 100%. Yeah. Like she's old enough, but I also think, do you want that for yourself? Like, do you want kids of your own? You have to ask yourself these questions. And if not, I wouldn't keep wasting your time with someone that might not be your forever person 100% agree (laughs) okay amazing I think we're aligned on that one the next one this one's kind of long but I loved the level of detail so we'll be able to give (laughs) more um she said currently I'm engaged to my fiance we've been together for almost eight years now we've been engaged for eight months and he has no desire to plan the wedding but I get that because men you know (laughs) but since the pandemic he's been working from home and I'm an essential worker so after a long day he's glued to xbox and when I get home my presence is not acknowledged and the apartment is a mess I'm obviously frustrated and it makes me resent him he also vapes and refused to quit which is such a turnoff for me I'm more of uh, oh, I'm more of his live-in maid than I am his future wife. Needless to say, I'm second-guessing this engagement. I do have thoughts of being single and meeting someone that could match my level of ambition and needs. I've never really been single and on my own, and I do feel a part of me is wasting away being in this engagement. I'm worried that I'm in too deep, but I also don't want to start a marriage thinking about a future divorce. Oh, oh, I know. This one breaks my heart because, know. you know, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they've been in relationships for a while and this whole pandemic quarantine situation has made or break their relationships. And this one is kind of giving me that vibe, you know, especially yeah. if like he's not compromising with you on anything. He's not cleaning. You know, you're expressing that the vaping is a problem and you're kind of being getting turned off by it. I mean, I think your gut's kind of telling you that this isn't your person for you anymore. You got to listen to yeah. that. I just got the chills. I also think because I think just because you're with someone for X amount of years doesn't mean that that's your forever person. 100%. You know, like, and also, I also wonder, and obviously we can't go back in time, but would you feel this way if he was still going into the office? Like, I'm curious if the pandemics just made him like lazier. This brought out the worst in him. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Like, so I think obviously before you just like end things with him it's worth a conversation or multiple conversations or just making sure seeing if you can get on that same page before you throw away eight years of a relationship but I agree something in you is telling you I don't know even the way you kind of phrased it like is there more out there thinking about a future divorce seems Mm -hmm. to me like you know yeah I mean I understand okay yes I'm going to echo your sentiment of saying like just because you've been with somebody for a long period of time don't feel like you got to just like stick it out with them you can always you know 
start fresh. And I know that's scary and it feels like, uh, but also, you know, you want to, you know, make sure that you are doing that relationship, the justice and, you know, doing everything you can to salvage. And, you know, you could do, make sure you are having the conversations, communications key. Maybe you could do some kind of therapy or counseling just so like he's really fully hearing you. Cause maybe he's in a slump. He's in a rut. I mean, this That's is, what this I was is gonna say. he could be having some kind of level of depression and, you know, just really his worst version of himself right now. So I would say, yeah, don't throw in the towel just yet, but also like, listen to your gut. Yeah, I, I agree. That might be conflicting argument, but no, because it's like try, but if things don't give and don't put a timeline on it, but if nothing changes, then maybe your gut's right. But I do agree. I was going to actually say the same thing. He might be a little depressed and not know he is. I think it's such a weird time for people. Like he's probably super unhappy working from home. And I feel like sometimes when you're working from home and then you're just playing Xbox for me, it would be like watching something on Netflix. You get in this lazy cycle where you don't feel good about yourself, but you can't break the cycle of being lazy. You know (laughs) what I mean? It's yeah, it sucks. (laughs) And then you just keep being lazy and then you like beat yourself up for being lazy, but you're not doing anything to fix it. So he might be in a, bad place so I would Mm -hmm. check in on that too exactly okay one last (laughs) one and this one's long but again really good um she said I've always been on the bigger side for as long as I can remember and it sucks I've always cared about my weight and gave uh, sorry some of them don't make sense and tried to lose weight since I was 10 fad diets weight watchers healthy lifestyle changes unhealthy lifestyle changes anything and everything. But now I'm 27, surviving but not thriving with my obese BMI status and I'm single as a Pringle. I want to make a change. I really do. At least that's what I tell myself. I want a boyfriend. I want to be happy when I look in the mirror. I want to be confident. While I've always struggled losing weight, I feel like I can't shake the thought of wanting someone to want me just how I am. I'm overweight, 5'1", and an average girl. I know I'm a good person, a great person, actually. I'm the one in the friend group that people reach out to for advice, who everyone leans on, who you go to when you need a laugh and comfort. Despite this, I've never had a boyfriend, not even one of those kinds of fake, kind of real middle school boyfriends. So you could say I've always felt somewhat alone and to myself. I struggle with the fact that if I lose weight and become skinny slash skinnier and get a boyfriend, does this person now like me simply for my improved look? It goes on, but I think moral of the story, she says right here, actually, long story short, I feel this apprehension to lose weight and fear of finally getting all I want. Does body image and weight really hold the keys to success? No, but nine out of 10 times, does it get you pretty close? Yes. I just want someone to like me for me. That makes me sad too. Oh my God. That breaks my heart. I mean, I know. no, I mean, I think saying that like once I get to a certain weight or if I can just look like this, then I'll get everything and then I'll be happy. I don't think, cause then you're not being present and you're not enjoying life. I mean, it's, I mean, it's an everyday, not struggle, but it's, it's a relationship with yourself. And like most relationships are effortful, not effortless. So doing one thing a day to invest time or something into yourself to make yourself feel good about yourself, to boost your confidence, we'll, we'll do, that'll do everything for you. And other people will take notice of that. They're going to want a piece of that. <laughs> if you yeah, wanna, like, true. you know, I think, I mean, I'm not entirely sure what her question was, but you know, it breaks my heart when I see people feel like they don't, they're not worthy because everyone is, Yeah, you have, you have to like feel that yourself first, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's that exactly. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's exactly the thing. It's in yourself. So if you don't feel like you're worthy, you're going to put that out there. So I think I agree with what she said. She's like, I don't want to just like lose weight and then feel like, oh, now that's why I could date someone. I think that's true because then you're never going to really be fully secure in that relationship because you know that you're like not fully being yourself. I think exactly what Katie said, like it comes from within and you have to love yourself at any weight Mm -hmm. and then find someone that accepts you for you. And maybe you're holding yourself back because you're not fully happy with yourself and look it's way easier said than done I'm not gonna lie I've held myself back like I've been there so I wish I had the answer but 
I think you just have to force yourself to maybe get healthy for health purposes, not for weight. Do things that make you feel good. So is it being mindful? Is it walking? Is it meditating? Like what makes you feel confident? Yes. Yeah, that's 100%. It's not always about the vanity, but just about like, you know, the longevity of life and feeling good, not feeling skinny and having someone like you for the way you look. Well, what happens if that changes, you know, and you don't want to have that stress and that worry on you because our bodies are built to change and that's inevitable. So, you know, have it come from a different place. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Skinny people aren't always that happy. They're freaking hungry. Those people that <laughs> have <laughs> Who was I listening to the other day? Someone was saying she was like, when I was at my skinniest, I was miserable because you're restricting yourself and that's not healthy either. So there's, there's like this extreme. It's like either you're restricting yourself and you're super thin or you're not restricting yourself and you're going crazy and you're overweight. Like you have to find a balance where you're just like comfortable with your relationship with food and, you know, find that like happy medium I guess that makes you happy not everyone else yeah 100% awesome I feel like I've said 100% a million times I've said it too to everything because we're just on the same page (laughs) um well thank you Katie so much I really appreciate it I loved your advice and um where could everyone follow you listen to your podcast all the details yeah well thank you um so I'm on social media on Instagram at music kills Kate sometimes on Twitter the same same one. I'm also on TikTok. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, you're you're blowing up these days. <laughs> uh, it's Katie Maloney Schwartz on there, and then listen to my podcast every Friday. It's called You're Gonna Love Me. I love so, that. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. All right, guys, who is ready to spill some tea? Okay, as you guys know, I mentioned I'd been sick all weekend with the stupid vaccine. And I was like, what could I watch that's mindless? Because sometimes when you're sick, watching TV isn't even fun because you're just so freaking miserable. Um, So I started Keeping Up with the Kardashians from season one. Oh, my gosh. And I have so many opinions, (laughs) so many thoughts my first thought is Chloe was never fat. Like now watching this back, like the media painted her out to be this like fat cow, like not my words, theirs. Like that would be plastered on magazines watching it back. Like she has not an ounce of fat on her body. She's like solid. Yeah. She's just, she's five, nine. Mm -hmm. Like, and it made me so mad watching this back being like, we literally gave this girl a complex Mm -hmm. for what? Yeah, no, I know. And I think it was because she was just like taller than the rest of them. But that's it. That's the thing because Courtney's five foot, 90 pounds. Like she was so petite at Mm -hmm. that time in her life because she was like 27. Right. And she was so petite and so little. So of course, Chloe looks bigger compared to these girls. Yeah. But watching it back, I'm like, this is, we literally gave this girl a complex over nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. Her now being thinner is not even that much, like, she was fine all along. Right, like, she's always been thin. Yeah. She's never been fat. This is crazy. So that was one of my biggest takeaways. My other takeaway was that we always make fun of the Kardashians in the media about changing up their looks and Botox and this and that. They don't look that different. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, Kim was beautiful from episode one until now. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, they've had tweaks here and there, but who wouldn't? Right. I was actually surprised to see that, like, they didn't really change as much as we think they did. Yeah. Um, Courtney, like, was still looks the same. Like, they obviously just, like, put a little lip filler in, got a little yeah, Botox like and filler. and there. Yeah, but... Uh, it's again one of those things where the media like hounds into your head these things about them and then you look and you're like wait this isn't that far off Mm -hmm. the only things that like changed aesthetically are like obviously the butts yeah and um (laughs) that's their staple though they have to staple butt (laughs) but even like chloe had a donk like kim had like they they always have yeah yeah it's just kylie who like really got the butt over time yeah she was a child um but so it's just crazy crazy to watch it and like I don't even want to make it about their looks like all of this to say I'm in support of them like I think they look amazing the biggest 
things for me were like to see people like Scott in episode one. Like he's really been on this freaking journey. Yeah. And then to see Malika in episode yeah. one and oh, yeah. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. It's like they have their day ones and it's cool. Yeah. Wait, speaking of Jonathan, guys, when I was in Miami two weeks ago. Oh, gosh. I'm out to dinner, and, of course, Jonathan pops up. Right. Like, oh. because I'm at, like, Komodo, like, really big Miami hotspot. Yeah. And I've met Jonathan before because oh, okay. he's friends with my friend's dad. Oh. So. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, ironically. Yeah. Just from, like, business and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the first time I saw him was at La Avenue in New York. Oh, my God. I want to go back there. It's my favorite French restaurant that they opened in Saks. And I went up to him because – I was like, I want to say hi to you because I, you know, my friend, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he was super nice. Mm-hmm. So when he sat down at Komodo, I felt like he recognized me yeah. because he was looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe he recognizes me from saying hi to him. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I never think that. Like, I never think anyone no. knows who I am. But he was literally was like out of the ordinary. staring at me. So then I looked at my friend and I'm like, is he? Did he just wave to me? Because yeah. he waved. Oh, wait, really? And she goes, yeah, I was trying to take a picture of him. I think he saw me. Oh, my God. I was like, here I am thinking he's waving yeah. to me because he did. Right. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah. That makes us look like fucking tools. Right, yeah, like, like you're like the paparazzi. Yes, I was like, who does that, you psycho? <laughs> like, put your phone away. I'm At so embarrassed. Cool. okay. I would never, like, you know, I was right. like, I'm mortified. We were also so drunk. I oh, was like, yeah. I'm literally mortified. Here I am thinking he's waving to me. And yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> so it's um, a photo. Oh, I my God. It. Yeah, That's guys, v- rule number one, like, don't fangirl, like, not a vibe. Yeah, you gotta act. You gotta act cool. You like have like you would to be their cool. friend almost, even though exactly. you never would. But yes. maybe. And maybe. I I would I could have gone up to him and been like, hey, like you're on my boss's podcast last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. But I was. Oh just, my god, I know. Yeah. At that point, I was like, I'm scarred. Yeah, yeah, like he like, thinks okay. I'm a fan. She and ruined it for yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, like I'm out. Like Thanks a lot. Too much. Yeah, that's hysterical. <laughs> um, and then okay, so talking about tiktokers and stuff i also saw that dave was in la last week doing some stuff with dixie and guys <laughs> dixie d'amelio followed me on instagram last night and like i'm kind of freaking out because she only follows like a thousand people mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, like, why me, you know? Yeah. And this is the conclusion that I've come to. I commented on one of her pictures, and because I'm verified, when you're verified, your comments go to the top. Mm -hmm. And so maybe she saw that a verified account commented. She clicked my profile, saw I worked at Barstool, and then is like, oh, I know Dave and all these people. So she followed me. Mm -hmm. But I'm like... Oh, my God, Dixie. Yeah, you're like, that's exciting. And then I was really excited, and then I, like, had to bring myself down to earth being, like, she's 19. I know. And, it's like, you're so, 30. It's so funny. <laughs> Dave, like, posted the photo of him and her together doing the pizza review, which uh, hasn't come out yet, I don't think. But I texted it to all my friends, and we were like, oh, my God, this is so exciting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's literally Dixie D'Amelio. Yeah. Like, why are we so excited for this? But I am. Like, I can't wait. So excited. Yeah. And. And everyone, the comments on his videos, too, though, were like, Dave, stop hanging out with 19-year-olds. Yeah, oh, my God. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> so I'm like, here I am, like, fangirling. But I am a really big fan of her music. I, I think she's great. Like, I love these. I love all the TikTokers. Yeah, no, I do, too. I feel like most of them can, like, take a joke, too, a lot of them. Especially yeah. Dixie. Like, she always reposts stuff on TikTok, like, oh, this you or whatever, like, making fun of the yeah. person or whatever. So I, like, give them credit for not being, like, sensitive, especially totally. being in the public eye like that. Yeah, no, she's super cool. And um, that brings me to Addison Rae's performance on Jimmy Fallon. And this is what I'm going to say about Addison. She gives me major Britney Spears vibes from the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Like, she has, like, the athletic body. Mm -hmm. She's, like, the pretty young girl who just has that it factor. Yeah. Like, and whether – I don't know what her voice sounds like live – or whatnot but like someone made a good comparison and it's so fucking spot on someone was like she sounds like selena gomez yes yes and like let's be honest we love selena gomez's music but she's not a mariah carey right yeah exactly but it's still fun to listen it's fun yeah yeah so i'm excited to see where addison's career takes her at first 
just like the publicist in me didn't love the fact that she rolled out her music at this moment in time because part of me was like you're in a movie that's coming out Mm -hmm. have your acting debut then do your like part of me was like why is this so rushed yeah announcement wise just like the publicist in me was like you can't oversaturate someone because then they turn against them like look what happened to taylor swift yeah that's true she became so oversaturated by having all of her friends join her on stage and the models and then everyone turned on her. Yeah. So I hope that doesn't happen to Addison because yeah. she has such a bright future. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like music, movie, TikTok, this, that, Kardashians. But like, I hope that it's not like peaking. It's and not then it's too much. Go downhill. Yeah. I just feel like it gives people room to like criticize you so much. But I do think that she is like such a star quality and I think she'll be around for like a super yeah, long time. Yeah, I think so too. Especially now, she's so young, so she has so many. She has so much time left. So, so much many time. options of things that she can do, whatever she. And wants. I just find her to be like so pretty. Yes, and I think something so refreshing about how these younger TikTokers that are so pretty, like her and Dixie, they like are too young to have like really had work done. Right. So they're just like natural, mm-hmm. and I hope they don't change that because yeah. they're so beautiful right now yeah exactly and i don't want it to become like how all of these stars are now right they all look the same yeah i know and how the media just like changes everyone yeah because they're so like perfect as they are and i think that's like partially what's really nice and refreshing about like watching them and looking at them yeah for sure okay guys um Oh, one more thing that I want to spill the tea on, and then I'll shut up. Um, Travis and Courtney and Machine Gun Kelly and uh, Megan Fox at that UFC, like, fighting thing. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, before I was a Guido, I was an emo kid. <laughs> I always talk about my many styles yeah. and stages of life. <laughs> so, I'd say from sixth grade to eighth grade, I was emo, and then from ninth grade to, like, 11th grade I was Guido well and then I was like preppy somewhere in there too I like always was changing up my vibe yeah when I was emo I still feel that I'm emo at the core like that is like who I am Mm -hmm. like census fail taking back Sunday (laughs) like that is the music that I listen to like my music that I listen to daily is like slow and sad and I'm really loving the resurgence of that type of music and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the tiktok stars are bringing it back yeah like jaden nessa like lil huddy lil huddy Mm -hmm. yeah that was a good one um and then also with them like travis barker works a lot with jaden yes who works a lot with machine gun kelly who i also love and i love that music and i love that vibe Mm -hmm. so seeing these people get the spotlight is so fun for me yeah because I, like, love these little emo couples. Like, yeah. I want to be in one. Yeah, yeah, And just seeing, like, these two tatted-up, tall-ass, skinny men with their, like, beautiful girlfriends with long, black, straight yep. hair yep. is such a vibe. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with it. I know. It was so funny, too, because did you see that Matt James and Joe Burrow, who's, like, he's a – he used to play college football at LSU. But, yeah, they were, like, be- just, like, behind them. And everyone was, like, wait, did anyone just see Matt James talking to Joe Burrow? But it was, like, nobody cared. Yeah, like, just because he has, like, the beard. He's, like, hidden in the yes, back. Yes, exactly. You can't – I couldn't even see him until you, someone pointed it do out. Do you know, I had a thought this morning that in my head I was, like, what if Matt James got introduced to Kylie Jenner – like I or like Kendall, but no yeah. Kylie. I feel like that could be such a, a sick move for him because they could use a stable guy like Matt, who's like yeah. not a like basketball player, not yeah. a rapper, mm-hmm. and like I could just see him like fitting in with the fam. Oh yeah, I could actually see that too. That's I, a really good point. I know. I was thinking about this. I was like, I wonder. Like I could picture one of them. They need a grounded guy like Matt. Yeah, and I feel like they obviously know who he is. So I know he's probably as close as he's gonna get. I know. Like I need it to happen because I kind of ship it. Yeah, maybe he should just slide into the DMs. I really think so. Um, and then also like so, K- Courtney and Travis. This is how I feel because there's a lot of people saying, are they endgame? Are they not? Courtney has only really gone public with Scott Yunes or however the f- hell you say his name. Eunice. Oh, Younes. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and now Travis. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really do public relationships. So my thing is, she must be really serious about Travis if she's being public about him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like it's been, what, 20 years of following her and we've only ever seen her in three this is her third relationship right yeah it has to be serious then. so part of me's like do we think they're gonna like pop out little babies together oh i don't know because i kind of like love it for them yeah and I, I like i'm in it to the end like if she has a new boyfriend like i don't want this to be a fling like i want this to be her person yeah and i think you're right i feel like if it wasn't serious she would just keep hiding it or she wouldn't tell people because she knows how the media reacts exactly to stuff. So it must be. And now rewatching the Kardashians, like, I'm not really a huge, like, Scott shipper for her. Yeah. Because now that I'm, like, looking, like, back, he really put her through the ringer. Like, mm-hmm. he cheated on her multiple times. Then she got pregnant. He wasn't really there for her. Like, I kind of understand why she's like, I'm over you. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard because I love Scott because he's so funny on the yes. show. But that's that's what people see. But him being funny on the show doesn't make him a good boyfriend or husband or whatever. And, like, he is, t- like, saying yeah. certain things. Like, he's great. But, yeah, like, I people are like, oh, why don't they just get back together, blah, blah, blah. But there's obviously stuff behind It's the like scenes. he doesn't make her happy, I right, guess, right, in a exactly. relationship. Mm-hmm. And they have a good enough, like, co-parenting relationship now that it's like, why mess that up even more? Yeah, because I feel like when the trust is so broken like that, you can't really go back. Mm-hmm. And that's why part of me doesn't think that they're endgame. Would I like to see it? Yes, the fangirl in me. But also, it's like, we can't forget the history. What he did, yeah. Yeah, because, like, obviously she feels some type of way. Right, right, exactly. Because if if she didn't, she would just get back with him. Like, yeah. that, that would have already happened years ago. That's how I feel. I'm like, something, like, isn't right here. Yeah. And people think that's why he dates younger girls. Because part mm-hmm. of him's like, they won't commit to me. So it kind of always leaves the door open. Yeah. Because oh. he's a player, for sure, I think. Play a player. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. That is all the tea for today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you are new here, please subscribe. Episodes go live every Tuesday. I also have a Facebook group, so join the Tea Tribe. Everything is linked in my bio on TikTok or Instagram under publicity. You could click that. I have my YouTube page. I have the podcast. I have the merch and my Facebook group. So everything's in one place. I will see you guys next Tuesday.